weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. <laughs> I'm here with my delightful friend Tracy. Oh, I am here with my darling friend Amber. And we are big fans of one another. <laughs> and we are the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Oh, you and only today... speak the truth. You only speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Today we are back in the books with the Dragon Reborn. Chapters 20 through 24. These are great, great chapters. Yeah. I have issues putting the books down. Or book. I have an issue putting the book I, down. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I started the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's hard not to. We know what's coming. We know what's yeah. coming. And it's just all good. It's all good from here. It's going to be great. Can I announce that we have a date now for our live yeah, stream? Yeah, yeah, please do. So the general consensus on Discord was August Sunday the 7th, and this will be in the afternoon, probably sometime around noon, I feel like, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. And lots of giveaways, lots of cool stuff, fun to be had, and we hope that our listeners will join us oh yeah yeah so please oh my gosh momentous occasion for us yeah yeah i mean we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have like an audience to do this for so please join us it'll be so much fun indeed (laughs) and special thanks to our patrons who occasionally kick it with us here and chat on our live recordings we Mm -hmm. love it Mm -hmm. we love you thank Mm -hmm. you And now for a quote. I'm ready. They can turn me, Egwene. His breath was so tortured. She wished she could weep. If they take me, the Merdral, the Dreadlords, they can turn me to the shadow. If madness has me, I cannot fight them. I won't know what they are doing till it is too late. If there is even a spark of life left, they will find me and they can still do it. Please, Egwene, for the love of light, kill me. Rand, chapter 22. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> that one is brutal. brutal. So brutal. Oh my gosh. These chapters. These chapters, this adventure. Yeah, we've got, okay, some some of these chapters were pretty long, so mm-hmm. I think we should jump into it. I'm so good for that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we are starting with chapter 20, which is visitations. And this is from Matt's point of view. He has just been healed. He's still in the tower. And out of nowhere, he encounters this beautiful woman while he is naked, which is Mm -hmm. awkward to say the least. Mm -hmm. Is she a dark friend? Is she a novice? No, it is Celine, AKA Lanfear. (laughs) She says that the Aes Sedai are using him, that they sent his father away from Tarvalin without letting him know whether or not Matt was still alive. And Lanfear, after a bit of back and forth, leaves. I think she becomes a little bit impatient with Matt. 
and his general attitude. Mm-hmm. And after she disappears, <laughs> the Amerlin and the Keeper of the Chronicles enter. And they're kind of explaining to him that his body has just been healed from a very, very intense sickness from this Shadar Logoth dagger. Mm-hmm. And he needs to eat if he doesn't eat a lot he will just waste away and die so mm-hmm. they're trying to like i don't want to say force feed him but they're like <laughs> cakes and foods and yes you should eat more. pie bring him a slice and, of pie yeah yeah <laughs> so matt wants to leave but they are not going to let him go because matt is connected to the horn of valir until his death and they mean to use him in the last battle so mm-hmm. Will Matt stay? Will he go? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Or do we? <laughs> right. <laughs> that pretty much sums up this first episode. Episode. This first chapter. <laughs> I don't... There's so much happening in the other chapters that I don't really feel as though I have a lot on this one to dig into. I think... One of the few things that, like, popped out at me was when uh, Celine slash Lanfear said that she had business in the tower. Like, she was already there, and mm-hmm. she wanted to see all of them while she was there. So who are the all of them? Are there people outside the Emmons Field group that she's interested in? Did she have something to do with the gray man being there? Right. Right. Now, that's a good question, I think, for for the readers. Yeah, because I was just like, hmm, hmm. I think the really big thing that stood out to me was learning that Tam, Althor, and Abel Cawthon Mm -hmm. had made the journey to Tarvalin and got sent away. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a... That's a decent-sized journey from the two rivers to Tarvalin. Like, I wouldn't say that they're, like, on opposite ends of the known territory of the Westlands, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's a, it's a long journey for mm-hmm. these two men to be making and then to be kind of sent away without any definite answer on whether mm-hmm. or not their children are alive or okay. And Swan seems, like, totally okay with dismissing it with, like, I gave them some gold and sent them on their way. If you want to write to them, you can do that now. Like, yeah. she didn't make a big deal out of them being there. Like, whatever, they came and they sent them away. And now you're here and you're alive and woohoo! Like, that feels like, <laughs> like Swan's entire approach to it. Yeah, and there was this moment too between Swan, Sanche, and Matt Cawthon that I think was really telling. Ooh. I if it's the one I'm thinking of, we're on the same we're on the same page again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but she's so talking bad. about her uncle Juan and she's explaining how mm. no one could ever pin him down. He liked to gamble. He just liked to have fun. He didn't mm-hmm. really want to work. And then she says that he died pulling children out of a burning building and he wouldn't stop going back as long as there was one left inside. Mm -hmm. And she asks Matt, are you like him? And what is she? I think she says something like, will you? 
be there when the flames return or something Will like you that. Will you be when there the when the flames are high? Are high. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he he can't really, like, make eye contact with mm-hmm. Swan Sanche, and he's just kind of, like, fiddling with his blanket and muttering, yeah. like, I'm no hero. <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I have to do, but I'm not a hero. Mm-hmm. And I think this is last week we talked about Elaine how she sees herself and Mm -hmm. how we get this moment from her where she has to be so brave and Mm -hmm. she never wavers from that throughout I feel like the entire series and it's kind of the same here with Matt where again he's not a hero he doesn't want to be a hero Mm -hmm. but he's a good guy and Mm -hmm. he always does what I believe what he feels is right. Yeah. Like when he says, I do what I have to do, it's basically him saying, I follow the code that I was raised by and I'm a decent human being. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love that he doesn't recognize it, but it's still something that's visible in his thoughts and in how other people perceive him. Yeah. I love it. There's that moment, like, right before Swan, like, says that about him, where she's like, do you remember the Horn of Valir? And he's like, I guess I do. (laughs) That bloody thing. Yeah, she's like, you're linked to it for the rest of your life. And he's like, oh, fuck, you could have killed me. And she's like, yup. So here's what I think about you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like she's made she's made this assessment about him and I think she's definitely landing on the side where she thinks that Matt's going to be like her uncle and it was what swayed her towards allowing him to live because she did have that option and there were fears around that from multiple people. So she I mean, she could have very easily let him die mm-hmm. and then I don't know, give it to the most trusted warder or something to yeah. blow. I mean, gosh, that would have just dramatically, I don't know, that would make, that would be big, big changes for the story. Mm-hmm. But Huge. having, we, we let Matt live, so mm-hmm. Thank that's goodness. Good. He's, he's a delight. <laughs> <laughs> I love again, him. Again, again, <laughs> Celine slash Lanfear, I feel like, I don't I don't know what it is about her. She irritates me where I'm mm. just like, oh, just go on, Lanfear. Like, we get it. You're gorgeous. You don't yep. want to compulse people. You just want to be pretty and let, you know, let your looks do all the talking. <laughs> and then she gets upset with him because he hasn't, like, gone in the direction that she wants. And I think she does start to channel, which I would assume yes. would have led to compulsion because... She's one of the Forsaken. And kind of surprising. It's not really one of the tools that she is known to reach for. But it's so frustrating because if she just would have been maybe a little bit more upfront, forthright, you, mm-hmm. something, he wouldn't have like internally rebelled against what she was saying or suspect her of being a dark yeah. friend. Because he does almost ask her, like, are you... And she's like, am I a dark friend? No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I read it the same way. I'm playing you, Matt. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like she's she's always trying to manipulate the people around her. 
and I don't know how she was successful in the Age of Legends because she just is she ever successful when she's like approaching Perrin or Rand or Matt like so far no right so it's just I'm like how did it work for you in the past because you're I don't know (laughs) she's not my favorite character to say the least um, there, there are definitely other Forsaken that I like quite a bit more than yeah. Miss Lanfear. Definitely. She gets too much screen time slash book time in my book. Agre- agreed. Like, agreed. Could, could deal without you. Like, there, it's just, what, <laughs> what are you bringing to the storyline except letting us know that there's a Forsaken loose and is stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> We're supposed to be afraid of you. I'm not afraid. <laughs> that it's needs so to be bad. On a t-shirt. I'm not afraid of you, land here. I do not fear the daughter of the night. <laughs> I do not fear the land. No, that doesn't work because then it's like the other land, not land mm. fear land. Okay. Chapter 21? Definitely, yeah. Okay, I'll make quick work of this one. I'm excited. So, Egwene is doing chores when she is summoned to visit Varen Sedai. And Varen is studying an important document about Baalzaman that survived the breaking of the world. Very important document. Probably the last document of its kind that's ever out there in the world. It's very important. Neither of them can make heads or tails of it. And as this is going on, Varen gives her papers. And these are kind of like, it's almost like, like a, a little stack, like her FBI file on <laughs> information on these supposed Black Aja members who fled the tower. And it's the dossier. Basic- yes, that that's called? the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the dossier on the suspected criminals. <laughs> and <laughs> it's also a list of the Terangriel that they stole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On top of these documents... Varen gives Egwene a stone ring, Tarangriol. And Varen believes that Egwene could be a dreamer. It's a, lo- a talent long forgotten. And with this stone ring, Egwene can slip into Teleronrio, the world of dreams. But she does mention before all of this ends that Egwene will have to be very careful in Teleronrio because if she is injured there in the world of dreams, she mm-hmm. will be injured in real life. Therefore, very dangerous place to be. It's not like a real dream. But Egwene is given all of this stuff, and then that chapter ends. Mm-hmm. I love Varen's room. Oh my goodness, me too, <laughs> Tracy. Okay. Is this I where would we never get to talk about? <laughs> is this where we get to talk about sets again for the TV show? Oh my show? god. Because if we I, get Varen's quarters with her little owl oh and God. the skulls and the little, the candles and the, the books. teetering stacks of papers and oh my gosh, the description of the silk lined leather folder. I was like, I want a silk lined leather folder. <laughs> well, you know what I want? What do you want? Oh, the tiny owl. 
Well, besides a tiny alcoholic <laughs> skeleton, because Ooh, why not? Why not? That would, I mean, seriously, her room would be so, so fun to decorate. They could just, like, use some of the books that they used from in the set of the, li- of the library when Rand meets um, Loyal in the TV show. They can just yeah. pull those books from there. They already have a collection. I'm sure it'd be uh, easy. I mean, not easy, dream. but... I mean, I know we've we've been dreaming about Adelius and mm-hmm. Van Dean's cozy cottage. Maybe that's but <laughs> someday <laughs> we'll build a cottage for ourselves and call it the Adelius Van Dean retreat or something. Oh my gosh, <laughs> sounds like a great bed and breakfast, like right? Adelius and Van Dean's B and B. That's so cute. Okay, that's adorable. Their cottage is really cute, though. Yeah, but if we don't get that in the TV show, I will take Varen's quarters. That will hold me over. You know, mm-hmm. I will be sad not to see Adelaide and Van Dien's place, but yeah, if we get Varen's place, mm-hmm. yeah, especially a, to give five such thumbs a... up for me. <laughs> I shall grow extra limbs in approval. (laughs) Like an octopus. That is how seriously I take this. (laughs) Um, I think that it would be really fun to do this in a way to show another contrasting room to Moraine's quarters. Absolutely. And also another section of the tower because... Absolutely. Like we're gonna, we would be going by the library. Like the Tarvalon Library would potentially be part of Aguine's like journey over to Varen's quarters as she's like figuring things out. I just think that would be spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna. I I assume Sorry. we'll get the novice quarters mm-hmm. because. So yeah, give us give us Varen's. Yes, Varen's room would just be so fun. It would just be so fun if you're gonna pick the only other. Oh, I can I... see it! I can see it in my head exactly how the shot would be, Tracy. It'd be so I'm beautiful. Holding my, I'm holding my fingers up right now, like a viewfinder. <laughs> in my mind. Are you clicking through for various angles? Like, <laughs> I am. Here is the chair over there. It would be TV. <laughs> Yeah, it like, would be a little mm, close-up on an owl. Mm-hmm. An itty-bitty one. A little, oh, a little cute little tiny one. No, and I want one. then kind of it like zooming out. And in in my opinion, Varen's place is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the candles. Sure. Egwene mentions that the candles looked like at any moment they could catch all of the paperwork <laughs> on fire. <laughs> and... Yeah, it sounds like my life. <laughs> it's just, I, I mean, it, it would be a great, great way to showcase who Varen is Absolutely. without Varen having to explain who she is, yep. like show, not tell. So yeah, no, I agree completely, and I think it would be, I think it'd be such a fun interaction to have between Varen and Aguin. Like this conversation that they have just cracks me up. Because Varen's like, there's this thing. What do you think about this thing? And Egwene's like, uh. and she's like, well, why should you know, child? And she does that like twice. And it's like, 
it all comes back. It all connects. But at various times, she's like, what are you talking about? This is what we're talking about. Like, you... She does go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, it's just, it's really, uh, it's really good. Yeah, and I do like, too, that we're, we get throwback to the portal stones Mm -hmm. and kind of this explanation of Mm. paradox and the dark one and Mm. chaos and the destroyer of reason and logic and the breaker of balance and the unmaker of order. And it's... (laughs) It's just typical Varen, kind of like her mind, you know, all over the place. Yes. And Egwene, is, I can just picture her kind of like standing there biting her lip like, uh. <laughs> All right, crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's why I like Varen so much. It's like I, that bounce around feels so familiar to me. Like, I always feel like my brain is in so many places at one time. And so to, like, see Varen's conversational style laid out, I'm like, I uh, I feel that. Recognize. <laughs> real recognizes real Varen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to dress up as her for Halloween. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Andrew and I are talking about doing Natasha and Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows, and I think that'd be really fun. Um One of the things that I really liked in this chapter, because I feel as though it's a question that we ask a lot, is like, how does the Dark One kind of get away with what he gets away with? What makes it make sense? And Mm -hmm. Egwene is like, that doesn't, she's like, that does not seem to make sense in response to something that Varen has said. And Varen's like, paradox, child. And then, like you had said, the Dark One is the embodiment of paradox and chaos destroyer of reason and logic the breaker of balance the unmaker of order so like it almost allows for my skeptical (laughs) approach to be softened a little with like a a, this little exchange here Mm -hmm. it's like a tracy stop geeking out so hard about everything statement We, we all need a Varen in our lives. We do. Yeah. Stop thinking so hard. When <laughs> uh, Aguin says, I trust you, Varen Sedai. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that she follows it with the thought of, can I really? Yeah. I mean, even, even Swan Sanjay has her doubts, but mm-hmm. now it seems as though... Swan has entrusted her unless Varen is doing this all on her own. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean at this point Sneaky Varen. She's she's Aguin's becoming very, very skeptical of like everyone around her at this point. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting what comes out of her mouth versus what she's thinking in the moment. Like she's saying the things that she knows she has to while also recognizing for us the reader as well, like that this is not necessarily what it is on its on its face. And I like you're learning the Aes Sedai ways, even though that's like a potentially flat out lie that she trusts Varen. But who mm-hmm. knows? Um I do like Varen's description of Teleronriode, what it is, what it can do for Aguin to an extent like of course nobody knows a whole lot about it but then like mm-hmm. encouraging her to learn and Aguin's like well Anaya's tested me and 
she doesn't think I'm actually a dreamer. And Varen's like, blah, blah, blah. Nice, yeah. slow. Just here's this ring. This will help you whether you can, whether you are a dreamer or if you're not a dreamer. Like you will be able to jump in. And then when she shows that scar to yeah. the queen, like I wrote in my book, Varen the Adventurer. Like spin-off novel for Varen. I want it. And she's actually lying. She was just known for knife fighting. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, why can't I think of the Fal- village she's... Farmatting. Farmatting. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she time. got kicked out. That's why she got kicked That's out That's why she got kicked out. Yeah. Knife she fighting. Notor- oh, she was a gang leader. <laughs> <laughs> The, the brown owls. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's perfect. That's what it is. We have solved the mystery. We've solved it. <laughs> I I'm love trying that. to think if there was anything more about this. I have a couple things, but it's more, it's more spoiler direction, so I'll save me, it for yeah, that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I guess we can move on to the next chapter if you're... The only thing that I wanted to mention in this one that I thought was worth noting is that once a queen leaves, Varen's kind of by herself and, like, drifts into her own little thinking world as she does. And I, I liked that it moved back to Varen's POV. Love so that. So did I. Yeah, it was a good... And so short. Like, it's so short. But I was just like, I don't know. It wrapped that whole chapter up really well for me. And also, I think this is another place where we see that Aes Sedai don't know everything and they don't share everything that they learn. So this stone ring that Varen's handed off to Egwene, the Aes Sedai that had it before her had it like 500 years ago and spent, what was it? 50 years studying it and like wrote all these notes and everything but never like told anybody about it and Varen only happened to find it because she's a research fanatic good for her I get that and I just so think she like, says right but I mean when she was like Coriannon had like done everything she could to like make it so that that stone Terangriel had never even existed like nobody knows about it and I'm just like, secrets. So many secrets. Always secrets. Love it. Love a good So do secret. I. I love it. I love peeling away at it and like, ah, it's so good. Okay. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. That was the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, chapter 22, The Price of the Ring. Oh. So Egwene leaves Baron's study and sees Shiriam. So... We find out, and Egwene finds out, it is time for her to become an accepted. She needs to take her test, and she gets to the room. Elida is there with a bunch of other Aes Sedai. Elida is being generally awful as usual. <laughs> the rules of the testing are explained, and Egwene strips naked, and she worries about this bundle of things that Varen has given her that it's going to be discovered. So Egwene enters the arches and, whew, okay, get ready. 
So she enters the arches. She is back in the two rivers. Rand is her husband. They have a baby named Joya. Mm. Love you, Joya. Mm-hmm. Rand is in pain, and she knows she can heal him. She wants to heal him more than anything, but she hears the words that she needs to move on. And this is the rules of the testing. No matter what you do, if you stay there and you don't move on to the to the star, I guess. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it as like a video game almost. Like you got to step on the star, but. If you don't move on, you will be stuck there forever, and nobody knows what happens to you Mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, if you don't don't come out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you don't come out, nobody knows where you go or what happens to you. Mm -hmm. Do you die? Do you somehow live out this dream for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows. Paradox. Mm -hmm. More paradox. Mm -hmm. So... She knows she has to leave Rand behind, and she's, you know, distraught. So after she moves on, then she's outside again in, t- in the tower, mm-hmm. and she's getting water poured over her head, I think by Elida this first time, mm-hmm. and she has to go on to scenario number two. And this time, Egwene is in Andor, and everything is in absolute ruins and chaos, There are Trollocs and Merdral, and they are hunting for Rand, but he is trapped under rubble, and she can't set him free because if she moves anything, it will all come tumbling down on top of him and kill him. Yeah. So he's holding his madness at bay from being a male channeler, and he's begging her to kill him so that he isn't turned to the shadow. Mm -hmm. So... This was from the quote that we read earlier, Mm -hmm. and we also get this, like, very distressing scene of, like, all of these Trollocs and Merdral, and I -hmm. I don't remember if, I think there were Dreadlords there as well, so it's just, like, absolute chaos. Yeah, there are at least people who can channel... I think a dreadlord is defined as someone who can a dark friend who can channel. So yeah. that would be accurate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary. Scary. And this is where we kind of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're all like land fear and then they're checking their reflection every five seconds. Is my is my Did you find any broken belt? glass? <laughs> Do I have lipstick in my teeth? <laughs> Are my crescents askew in my long dark hair? <laughs> Someone tilt that for me. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. So again, she moves on instead mm-hmm. of doing Helping what Rand Rian. wants her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in this last scenario, Egwene finds herself in Tarvalin and she's wearing the stole of the Amerlin seat. And Elida is there, and Elida brings in a prisoner, and it is Rand. Mm-hmm. And Egwene is supposed to gentle him. The Dragon Reborn, a male channeler. Mm -hmm. Egwene refuses and is knocked unconscious by her keeper. She wakes up to 13 Aes Sedai of the Black Aja and 13 Merdral. She embraces Saidar and escaped. And as Rand is about to be gentled, she wants to intervene, Mm -hmm. but she cannot. She has to move on. And 
even though she's planning to rescue him, she hears these voices and shouting and Mm -hmm. something about it cannot hold any longer and everything is going wild and Egwene kind of like tears herself out Mm -hmm. of the 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 Tarangriel I guess and the she she exits the dream scenario. It's yeah, not yeah. a dream, but it is. Mm-hmm. So hard to explain this. <laughs> no, I know. Like there, we don't really get like words to help define these areas. Sorry, I hit my mic, Aiden. It's your favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she kind of like you know like pulls herself out of it and mm-hmm. dives through the archway. Yeah. And everything's kind of flickering and reverberating. Mm-hmm. And as she comes out, Shiryam tells her that Well, I think that actually that's actually in the next in the next chapter. Uh this one, chapter 22 ends with her uh it light plucked her apart fiber by fiber, sliced the fibers to hair, split the hairs two wisps of nothing all drifted apart on the light forever and then it goes to the next chapter well so she's what I was... basically in like transition mode i'm sorry go ahead well what i was gonna say is when she comes out doesn't she ask about the significance of the 13 dreadlords and shiriam tells yes. her that with all 13 of them weaving flows through 13 merger all this is so mm-hmm. gross what mm-hmm. gross um that's how they can turn a channeler to the shadow. Yeah. And what that means is kind of like this is what was hap- going to be happening to Rand mm-hmm. in the second scenario. Mm-hmm. But they were going to turn him to the shadow and kind of just – it takes away your free will and you become mm-hmm. kind of just like a puppet of the dark one. Yeah, yeah. So that – that happens like that realization or knowledge comes about from the second trip into the trunk reel is that right yes the one in andor okay yeah because that's when he's like take my dagger kill me if they find me they're gonna Mm -hmm. turn me they're gonna turn me yeah what a terrifying notion and i mean what a horrible place for a queen to be in yeah, of of all of the scenarios, that one was the one that made me shudder. Right? I mean... They're all yeah. bad. They're, They're all, all bad. really bad. Yeah. But I mean, in this one, it's not even just the fact that he might die. It's the fact that he may be, against his will, turned to serve the Dark One. And, I mean, really, is there anything worse that you could think of for that to, like, be an for your body for somebody? Yeah. For your body to live on and you have no control over it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that almost seems like a fate worse than death in some ways. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, I mean, to have a, someone you love begging you to kill them and to have, like your name be the thing that you hear screaming from that person as you walk away from them oh god my heart it's so painful 
There's also some interesting questions about, I mean, I have questions about like how these people, how the women in the tower are chosen to conduct mm. the test. Mm -hmm. So like we know that some were chosen, but mm -hmm. some demanded to be there, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, because Elida was one of them who demanded to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And that just, it just feels very, you know, like I have such a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Elida. I mean, and seriously, okay, so this is just my guess because I don't know. And I bet something is laid out somewhere that explains how this process happens. But I would just about bet Shiriam is the one who's responsible for finding the Aes Sedai to be there for the test. That would make sense. Yeah, because, like, as the mistress of the novices, she knows the novices, and she also knows the Aes Sedai in the tower. So she would be able to potentially choose Aes Sedai that would be either right for the woman coming through or right for the channeling requirements. And I mean, I don't know if we're given like an idea of the amount of strength that takes to use this Terongriol. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, more questions, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and this one, actually, one of the things that I underlined when I was going through here is there's an Aes Sedai from every Aja, including the yellow Aja. And we were talking about the healing for Matt. We were like, why isn't there, <laughs> why isn't there right. a yellow Aja there? Um, so, you know, they get asked to be a part of this. So why mm -hmm. they weren't involved in that still stupefies me. You would think, I mean, I, just, I don't know. Maybe it was based fully on who... Swan Sanche could trust the most. So it was like her inner circle, I guess. Yeah. And how sad that, like, it's that small that it excludes entire Ajas. Right? That's wild. Oh, Tarvalin. White Tower is fractured. Um, I have a lot for spoilers on this one. I think that's like inevitable um with a chapter like this that's kind of like layered with like dream slash mm -hmm. like what was what is what will be blah 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 oh ritual i've got i don't know i've got kind of i, I guess what i i think my mind is going to is how the television show is going to do this Yes. Are we going to get both Nynaeve and Egwene's mm -hmm. test? Are they going to be close together? Right. Like, is how? it going to be in the same season mm -hmm. even? Yep. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that this whole Rand and Egwene being married in scenario number one mm -hmm. is changed entirely because we already got that right. in season one? Mm-hmm. At the same time, would it be, I don't know, there's something about doing that scene again with a queen 
being there, like her being the main character instead of it being Rand and to have it overlap as something that they had both wanted so much that it's almost used against them to test them. Um, I can see yeah. being able to take it in that direction. At the same time, I'd rather see something new. New? Yeah. I feel like yeah. it would be too it would be a little bit redundant to do mm-hmm. it again. Yeah. And really there isn't anything that's like necessarily revealed in this that mm-hmm. couldn't be done in a different way. Especially like the the fact that she's like I have a secret of my own. Like, she's, she's pretty sure she can channel, but she doesn't want to talk about it because, of course, she doesn't. Um, but to make them all her walking away from Rand feels kind of heavy-handed. Right. Like, it, yeah. Like, Egwene is a person with her own wants and aspirations and... To make every single test about mm-hmm. Rand yeah. doesn't feel entirely Egwene-like to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Where are the Sean Chen? <laughs> I mean, if this well, is to test her fears, why is she right? not collared? Why is she not being held a prisoner by the Sean Chen in some way? Why isn't the White Tower being attacked by the Sean Chen? Like... There are definitely things that could be put in here that actually speak to the fears that Egwene is developing. These fears, I feel like they come from like chapter one Egwene from Eye of the World. And she's not that person anymore. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Tracy goes on a tirade I... about Egwene's growth. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also thinking at the same time. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I do think there is more to Egwene's aspirations and fears than mm-hmm. just it having to do with Rand. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, the Black Aja. Like, there you go. There are two big things, the Shanshan and the Black Aja, and then maybe Rand. Those would be yeah, three, and I, those would be three tests I'd be cool with. Right, right. I think, too, there's, I think for Egwene, her biggest fear would be, like you said, like, captivity. Mm-hmm. And we kind of touch on that in scenario number three. Mm-hmm. Where she's mm-hmm. hit in the head and kind of knocked unconscious. Yeah. And we learn, you know, she's having fears about the Black Aja. And I feel like that would be a really good one to focus on. And at mm-hmm. the same time, I mean, in the TV show, she's had these interactions also with the White Cloaks. So, mm, yep, there you go. There's another good one. Maybe like them coming back to haunt her for her stabbing Eamon Balda. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when when Shiriam is walking Egwene to the, f- like, the first arch and they're, like, getting ready to go through their whole ritual thing, um, one of the questions is, does she know her fears? And the response is, she has never faced them, but now is willing. And I'm like, um... <laughs> <laughs> Also, how does... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is there really, like, a huge difference between 
the accepted test versus the test for the shawl? I mean, I think I think the main difference is that they are neither expected or encouraged to channel while they're going through the arch toroncreals to become accepted. But every test, like every part of the test that has to be gone past when you are raised to the shawl requires intricate channeling. weaves and channeling. Yeah. I had, I was wondering the same thing last night too, because there are That's so many point. similarities. But I mean, I like as far as, as far as like fears and stuff, it, mm -hmm. it feels pretty similar except, okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The test for the accepted comes from within. These scenarios are like, in the back of someone's mind, like mm -hmm. the Aes Sedai aren't creating these scenarios like they are in right. the test for the shawl. Mm -hmm. So there's that, I guess, which almost makes it more interesting that the accepted test, it's not, you know, it, it comes from yourself, mm -hmm. it comes from your own fears. I think that, I think that actually really goes well with the whole, um, like the the litany of things that they end up saying, like you are washed clean of a queen Elvier, and you're now mm -hmm. sealed as blah blah blah, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> bloody bloody blah. Right, it's just ugh, it's so ceremonial. It always just kind of cringes on me. Well, it feels it feels very like a like a church service. Oh, 100%. You know, the words and the water, like a baptism and chalices. Uh, yeah, women are like, you know, Sidene mm -hmm. or Sidar is like a river. You have to surrender. So many wa water metaphors. Yeah. So oh. little time. Mm. I thought there's something. You were digging through the book, I think, for something. There was. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure that none of it is, like, spoiler stuff before I blurt anything out. <laughs> like, hmm, because this is definitely... Oh, okay, so... I... If they do, if they do follow any of the scenarios as far as, like, keeping this one particular one for the book, I would want it to be the last one. Um, I think I it's don't. really... You don't? Which mm -mm. one would you pick? Number two. You'd pick two? Yeah, just because I think it's the scariest one. Okay. Wait. Yeah, the Dreadlord. The, the turning Rand to the Shadow one. I well, think is the scariest one for me. When um, when a Gwen's keeper knocks her out, and when she comes to consciousness, there are thirteen Merdral and thirteen Aes Sedai in the room with her. Oh, okay. So, okay. So she would still be facing that potential okay. outcome, but just on herself instead of on Rand. Okay, if that's the case either of those two it doesn't mm -hmm. matter which one to me because i think that in itself is really really important for mm -hmm. this series yeah especially since we in the last chapter had varen's musings on what does the father of lies want what does the dark one want paradox yeah. chaos like 
essentially like here we're getting another hint to like what becomes the world if the dark one mm-hmm. wins mm-hmm. and that's kind of like stripping people away from their free thinking self and mm-hmm. no more free will for you and yeah. <laughs> what what is a world without it so oh i i have answers to that <laughs> <laughs> We won't go into it right now. <laughs> um, what what I think is a statement that is worth keeping for the show, along with that idea of being able to be turned to the dark one through this process, is where Shiriam says there is a weakness in being able to channel. And because they learn to release certain pieces of themselves to... Tidar, that also leaves them kind of open to this intrusion through channeling mm-hmm. and just the filth that makes up a murdral. And I, I love the idea of that being something that gets put into the show for people to be thinking about. Right, right, right. And honestly, to visualize that, what it looks mm-hmm. like, because we saw how what it looked like when Moraine healed Matt from the Shadar Logoth dagger, like this mm-hmm. like dark, inky, oily Yeah. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just some sort of weird coagulation of a mist. I don't know. It was gross. Right. Right. <laughs> but imagine even though it's this I'm doing air quotations dream sequence within this test. Yeah it's still going to be horrifying to watch. I mean, Mm -hmm. people channeling together, 13 channelers, and then these weaves are going through Merdral, Mm -hmm. through them, Mm -hmm. coming out of them into another person. It's so gross. The thought of it is so gross. It's so creepy. And I think, for me, that's one of my, like, big, big fears. Um, Mm -hmm. Like... Horror movies in general, like there's something about not just being held captive, but Mm -hmm. someone doing something to your body that Mm -hmm. they don't have permission to do. So like Mm -hmm. all of these movies where it's just body horror, you know, like I I can't, I just can't. So I think this for me is like, that is the creep, one of the creepiest aspects within the show. Mm -hmm. If they do that, I think it'll be like a big Mm -hmm. wow moment for the audience it's gonna be the best bell time ever (laughs) always always i think the reason why i like the third scenario and feel like it would be a good one to keep is just some of the things that come about for Gwen in this like her seeing herself as the Amaralyn seat and having a keeper and Elida standing up to her and being like, blah, she, she betrays herself. And like, Tracy, what? Yeah. Do you care if we talk about this in the spoiler section? Because not at all. I have so many things that I want to say about it, but then yeah, (laughs) then let's save it. I, I I really love this chapter. It's so, so, so much fun. And I even like how, like, the way, just the last two sentences at the end of the chapter, she's just like, 
walking through light to the next step in her life. It's just, <sighs> okay, so chapter 23, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, wait, do we want to do, uh, is this word from our sponsor time? Yeah, um, a word from our sponsors. A word from our sponsors. Who are us? Who are us? Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to The Road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And we are back. <laughs> so we move chapter, on to chapter yeah. 23, which is labeled Sealed. And in this chapter, Egwene exits the arches and everyone is pretty surprised that she isn't injured. Mm-hmm. Elida goes off calling Egwene a wilder <laughs> and is downright awful to her again. Shiryam and Alana explain to Egwene what these, mm-hmm. you know, strong rever- reverberations were doing mm-hmm. while she was within the arches. And it happened in the room and it felt like something was trying to essentially shut off the one power, which... Mm-hmm. That's kind of creepy. So Alana wants to be punished for not being (laughs) able to help this sooner, which, oh, Alana, how dare you make me love you. Right. She she tells Egwene that the only time she's ever experienced something like this before was when a Tarangriol was used in the same room Mm -hmm. when someone was going through the arches. And... Perhaps, you know, there's some relation to that happening, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Egwene knows, though. Did you, did and, you, go, did you go, dun, dun, dun? Yes. Because <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Egwene asks Alana about the green Aja and basically gets the answer that she must love men and be ready for the battle in Tarman Gaiden, which I loved this exchange, like the battle Aja explanation. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got that on the TV show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then we move on. Egwene goes to her room and she finds Nynaeve comforting a distraught Elaine. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Elaine's testing was downright awful as well. Mm-hmm. And Egwene kind of breaks down next to her and starts crying, only to be kind of like comforted by Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. And that's where this chapter ends Mm -hmm. i really liked it it was a short one but Mm -hmm. at the same time there's a lot of a lot of hints i think as Mm -hmm. to (sighs) okay i 
I can't. Spoilers. <laughs> this is hard. Do you just want to? Do you just want to jump to spoilers right away? I mean, there's really not a lot on chapter twenty-three for sealed. The only real thing that I want to mention is, I really wish that I could know what Elaine's test was like and what she saw. Me too. Mm-hmm. If I could but get a rewrite of that, you yeah. know what? Amazon Prime, mix it up. Give me mm-hmm. Elaine, not Elaine. <laughs> no, Ooh, I'm... how fun would that be, though? What a good idea. <laughs> no Rand. Mm-hmm. No Rand-centric. So, well, I mean, maybe it would be. I don't know. Maybe. But, I mean, it would definitely be something different, and it would give us some... Um... Could you imagine if that's how we introduced Elaine? Is like while she's going through the test? Yeah, it would be like, who's this girl? What is she running from? What's going mm-hmm. on? What's happening? And then she that comes out fun. and they pour water over her head. I do think it's a good idea to take the TV show and ask yourself, what would I like to see that wasn't in the book? And this is one of those things that I think a lot of fans would love to see, you know, like... We'll probably get Nynaeve's first, so... I I think that's inevitable. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind. Like, that's how it's, it's quote-unquote, supposed to happen. Or or we just don't see what Nynaeve sees. We see her, like, after she's come back or Mm. as she left, and Mm -hmm. we don't get it through her eyes, and then we get it through someone else's later. Mm. That's always an option. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, just don't show it at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be a huge budget, I feel mm-hmm. like, because Nynaeve's was back in the two rivers. Mm-hmm. They burnt yep. that set down, so yep. they're probably not going to remake it. Mm-mm. I bet it has something to do with her parents, though. That would be cool. Nah. Yeah, I don't really know. Anyways, um... Yeah, that was that was it for that. We can jump into spoilers, I think. I'm like ready and go go very ready to go. Go Amber, go. <laughs> spoilers away. Where do you want to start? Um well, first thing is Varen <laughs> and the ring. She's she's my first one too. <laughs> Glad to see we're on, you know, twin braining it again. <laughs> clever, clever Varen. Varen. I mean, every everything she said about no one knowing about this ring could mm-hmm. very likely be true. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that she gave Egwene the ring to be helpful? But her excuse was she knew Elaine was going to be tested. Therefore, she would probably know that a Tarangriol in the same room would bring it down. And if somehow not everything was destroyed, if it, the Black Aja found out that she gave the ring to be helpful, she could be like, no, 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 no. I didn't give the ring to be helpful for this young girl. I tried to bring the tower down. Interesting. Okay, so thought on that. When 
Aguin is walking to Varen's room, she catches a glimpse of white going around a corner, which she thinks novice. I think Lanfear. Lanfear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? What if Lanfear had just handed that off to Varen? Like, what if she had just delivered the stone ring to Varen, and this is like an- part of her plan? It's entire. Oh, that even makes it even better, right? And I mean, it would make. Mm, see, that's the thing, though. Like, it would make sense because in the end, Varen is like, "I've done horrible things, like mm-hmm. terrible things." Yeah. And this could have been one of those things she was put up to doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is, and, and. and- <laughs> mm-hmm. who's the most isn't Lanfear the best one in Teleronriod right so like she would be like yeah go ahead give it to her mm-hmm. you know what is this young girl gonna possibly be able to do so what's what's the worst that can happen Egwene doesn't die during mm-hmm. her testing the tower doesn't fall and now this young, accepted, soon-to-be-accepted can enter the world of dreams where Lanfear would be 100% sure of herself that she could take care of this young girl yeah. with a snap of her fingers. So what yeah. threat is Egwene? None. Ah! We're so dark. We are. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so building on that a little further, even, what if Corianon Nadil's, what if she was Black Asha? Oh, <laughs> Tracy, that's so much better. Oh, it just gets better and better. I love that. Black Asha, Black Asha, Forsaken. Yeah, it's totally I love possible. that idea. Yeah, because, I mean, then that would make most of Varen's observations true-ish. Right, and she's thinking to herself, kind of, so mm-hmm. like, why would she thinking, lie? She's thinking about destroying it. Why would she be thinking about destroying it if it weren't in some way incriminating to her? Right. Why would that information be incriminating to her in any way? She's a brown Aja. Of course she's going to have random stacks of things filled with paper who's gonna come in there and sort through that and like think she's up to something she could just easily keep it but she's thinking about destroying it oh I man love it. i oh, love man. it black Aja everywhere Eureka. <laughs> what was the other thing that uh, i wanted to talk about elida it was something about uh, elida dear elida we were talking about scenario number three Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's why I don't like scenario number three. Yeah. So heavy-handed with the foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, uh, just yeah. <laughs> why, like, smack me right in the face, why don't you? Right. I, I, it's, I mean, it's too much, I think. It's really this interesting overlay of what happens to Swan and what happens to a queen? It's both combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, okay. I mean, Leanne wasn't, well, I don't think Leanne was 
like still the head of Swan. No, it wasn't Leanne. It yeah. was someone else. Yeah. But I mean, it's still Elida who's like, I'm going to bump you from your position of power so I can take your position of power. Mm-hmm. Like, just, God, she's so awful. There's that moment where Queen is like, if Elida isn't Black Aja, she's the next thing close to it or whatever. <laughs> I know. When I read that, I was like, <sighs> she's right. I mean, I'm thinking about the abuse. That a queen suffers from Elida later in the stories. Like, oh my god. Like, this woman it's, is just bad news. It's brutal. Brutal. Like, thinking yeah. about the way that she, quote unquote, helped Swan and Moraine get ready for their... Helped by beating. Yeah, yeah. And then not even offering them healing until the morning. That's not helping. That's not... The way that she, like, verbally attacks a queen when a queen mm-hmm. like is about ready to go through the arches and then after she gets out she's like you're a wilder and i hate you <laughs> by the way <laughs> you're a wilder i hate your guts <laughs> that's me is just like, that up it's terrible makes me so mad yeah and then like shiriam's standing there and she's like, I would have def- I would have come to your aid if you were a novice, but you're an accepted now. Fight your own right. damn battles. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, oh, goodness. What? I still, one of the things that we had talked about earlier. T- oh, wait. We were on Varen. What did we go to from there? Elida. Um, foreshadowing Elida. being too... Oh, much. yeah. So with the foreshadowing in that number three... Uh, mm-hmm. scenario the I never held the oath rod <laughs> oh, yeah I just... when I first read it like I always thought oh how clever like how fun and then when they actually did it I was like oh so like you just told me that like it it tells you the entire story <laughs> right you know what I mean it's we like just... oh okay we just piled together the swan queen tale, and here it is, scenario three. But after, I mean, when I read the books, after I read this chapter, I was like, oh, well, I guess Egwene is going to become the Amerlin. Mm-hmm. I think that gets laid on pretty thick. Yeah. You know, like there's a, you're strong enough that someday you might be Amerlin. Oh, queen, yeah. someday you'll be Amerlin, and I'll be queen of Andor. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's yeah, it's like dropped all over the place. Sometimes there are, I mean, there are some things where the foreshadowing is like perfect, where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like I didn't, I didn't catch that until the my reread. F- my favorite one in this one is, I think this is in chapter two. It's either in chapter twenty-two or twenty-three when Alvierne's name is mentioned, uh, naming her as the white uh, or the white Sedai. White Aes Sedai in the... <laughs> white Sedai. The white Aes <laughs> Sedai that was there for her testing. And I was like, how many... How many Black Aja sisters are there? Because Alvierin... Is Varen there? Mm. No. 
Wait. No, she wouldn't be because she had just been pulled from very. Wait, study. I think she was because wasn't was she? she talking to someone? Like, am I misremembering? I think she was there for Matt's in... healing. I yeah, know that for yeah, sure. that's what I'm thinking of. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Because then they like her and the other brown sister that were there like walked casually, away like, like off to the side. Yeah, chatter, chatter. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember if, like, we got the names for anyone other than Alana, Elida, Alvierin, Shiriam. And if there are other ones that were named, I don't remember them. But I'm always looking for names like Alvierin's to see who's still Black Aja and in the tower. And, I mean, we know in a matter of chapters, Alvierin's going to be walking up to Elida and being like, hey, buddy. <laughs> right? Hey, bestie. Want to wanna overturn the tower with me? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute since a Black Aja sister was um, the keeper, so we need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild. It's just wild. And even with, like, the... Um, the Aes Sedai that aren't Black Aja that are like named during that third scenario one of them is real Beldine is actually real Um, well no maybe not now that I'm thinking about it she's just mentioned in this chapter so none of the other Aes Sedai outside of like Elida are actually like known sisters in the quote unquote real world Oh, and I want to watch Madeline Madden rage scream through a shining archway. I want that. Because that's what a queen does when she, like, hurdles herself away from Rue for the third time. Yeah, I think it's... uh, You know what? I love... With a scream of rage of loss, the queen threw herself at the arch. Yeah. I love that. I mean... Again, I know we've talked about this probably time and time again, but I love allowing women to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's so often that it's we are told, you know, mm-hmm. it's not ladylike, you know, yep. don't don't act out. And I'm, I'm reading an entire book about that right now, and it is so good. It is so good. And especially, like, I mean... I love that we can see Egwene doing that now, but mm-hmm. I, I guess that's why I identify with Nynaeve so much, where it's like, mm-hmm. women, be angry. Mm-hmm. Be, you're, you know, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to feel heavily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love a series where it's like, you know what? Like, it's almost like her anger is her superpower mm-hmm. in some way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it allows her to channel even though she's blocked. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I like it. it mm-hmm. makes me happy. I wonder if that was the, the problem that I had with Nynaeve when I was younger. Like, the idea. Like internalized of... the idea that mm-hmm. it's that not. I shouldn't... Yeah, that, that I shouldn't wrong give into my anger. Yeah, yeah, and like a queen, I don't. She was so much. She was so much more accessible to me when I was younger. Like I, I feel as though I, I just related to her so much more. And then as I got older, it was naive that I began to 
to resonate more with. And now I, I think I think it's Moraine. And I think that's what I love, love, love about these books is like I've read them at different decades of my life, allowing me to identify with different characters at different times. And mm-hmm. I love that. Here, here. Okay. Nodding in agreement. Mushy moment over. <laughs> Mushy moment over for a question. So Ooh. when Equaine comes out of the arches and she's asking about the 13 channelers and the yeah. 13 Merdral, mm-hmm. she asks Shiryam. And Shiryam says it's a weakness in being able to channel. Mm-hmm. Does Shiryam just out herself at knowing that Rand is a channeler? Or is she... I think I feel as though it's directed more towards like in the scenario yeah yeah like I'm trying to think of what how she phrased the question like is it possible to turn someone who can channel because I think she would have to be like I don't have the book in front of me yeah I'm looking right now he said they could turn him to the shadow, Aguin mumbled. He said the Murdral and the Dreadlords could force him. But it doesn't say... Um, I think... Interesting. So did Shiryam just out herself? At I think she did. Being Black Aja or... Knowing about Rand? Mm-hmm. I mean... It's possible you could hand wave that and say, okay, she's one of uh, Swan Sanjay's trusted. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's ever mentioned as... Yeah, I don't think that she she is. If she is, she's like a member, like Elaine's a member of the uh, Black Aja crew with uh, Nynaeve mm-hmm. and a queen. So, I mean, maybe, maybe she somehow knows it, but, like, Aguin doesn't say who this he is. And that also means that, I mean, can they can they see what Aguin is seeing while she's in there? Otherwise, I feel like they would know the answer to what happens. Otherwise, they would know the answer to what happens to women who don't come back. Because if they could see from the testee's point of view... Mm-hmm. They would say, like, oh, she died in the arches. That's why she didn't come out. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. like, she didn't come out. We don't know what happened to her. I mean, we could we could say that Shiriam is making an assumption here, like a leap of an assumption that a queen has been talking to a man who can channel. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, just, that, just, I, that feels about right to me. Yeah. That's how and, I would explain it anyways if I were Robert Jordan. <laughs> right? Like, I think I think there's enough in there. He said the Murdral and the Dreadlords could force him. And the only time that they would be used together in that way would be towards a person who could channel so perhaps it's just an assumption and perhaps Shiriam has outed herself. I think Aguin at the moment is way too shook to notice and I definitely didn't notice right? at all. 
Yeah, great catch. She's in shock. Like, she's... Yeah. She doesn't even... She's had so much happen to her that it it takes her until she sees Nynaeve and Elaine crying for it to, like, come back and be like, mm-hmm. oh, my. Like, wow, like, all of the stuff that I just experienced. And then she breaks down. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, seriously, she, shame in that moment could whisper in Egwene's ear, I'm Black Aja, and then push her into the third arch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, what could she do about it? Mm-hmm. There's just... Egwene. I feel for her. And, so that's too, a, that's I a mean, honest, honestly, how well-known is it that it takes 13 Dreadlords and 13 Fades? Mm-hmm. I mean... Is this something that's common knowledge, or just she knows because she's Black Aja? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she says this is something known only to a few, even in the tower. You should not learn it now, if ever, but I will tell you. How is that not something well known? I feel like that would be one of the most important things to right defend yourself. Yeah, if you see 13. Merge all and 13 channelers in the same room, just kill yourself because yeah. that would be better than what's waiting for you. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're just secrets. Again, secrets within secrets within secrets. Yeah. It's a nesting doll of secrets, Tracy. It's just wild. I love it, though. It's so much fun to like rifle through and kind of be like why did you do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah especially the rant on repeat there was there the only thing that i have left is just to talk a little bit about lanfear and Mm. you know like for some reason i think this might be why I don't have such a love or a fascination with Teleronriod as some mm. other people mm-hmm. is because it got to a point for me where I was like, oh, we're doing this again. And I think mm. it's mostly Lanfear based. Mm-hmm. And she's trouncing around and Perrin's <laughs> there and all kinds of things are happening and Slayer. And I'm just like, are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. Hops all I, over the place. Yeah, I think for me, what I like about Teleronriod is how it just feels like another landscape layered into the story itself. Like, I almost think about it the same way that I think about, like, the Westlands or the Isle Waste. Like, I don't know. For some odd reason, like, that helps me to feel more connected to it, if that makes sense. Um, hmm, and maybe that maybe that's why, like, in my case, it's the opposite because it mm-hmm. just looks like everything else that I. Mm. It doesn't feel so special to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't help that you could like change your outfit just by thinking about it. <laughs> no, because these. I mean, it's a it's a book, so I mean. They can kind of do whatever they want. Right, like the author could change their outfits without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, it, 
it makes it kind of just blend in with everything else to me, except for there are just special rules here. Maybe that's what it's supposed to be. No, yeah, like, oh, I think I think it is. And I think mm-hmm. for some people that makes it exciting. And for mm-hmm. me, it makes it kind of like, meh. meh. <laughs> you could give or take it. Yeah. I do. I actually kind of, like, marked out a spot where Varen hands the ring over to Aguin. And she's like, it may come in handy in the future. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Varen, you have no idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit. They use that ring for everything throughout the rest of the entire series yeah 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 (laughs) elaine figures out how to copy it so there are now multiples and now we're Mm -hmm. using teleronrio to meet with wise ones and um secret like secret meetings between the girls yeah women yeah a green uses it to terrify Nynaeve, which we all agree is a shitty move oh i hate that chapter when we get to that chapter can i just skip it can you what can we just skip that Absolutely. part of that chapter? We'll give a real, we'll just read the Wikipedia breakdown of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and then move on. I like that idea. Yeah, it is a rough one to go through. Mm-hmm. No it problems with that. Does not solidify, like, Egwene, why? It does, it does. It's not even, it's not even Egwene. Robert no. Jordan, why would you make me hate a character in this way? Why? You know, maybe it's to make what happens to her later a little bit easier. It does not make it any easier for me. It just makes me, like, disassociate with her and not care what happens to her in the end. And you know what? That's not what you want your reader to do. You want them to stay hooked. Yeah. Yeah. If if that wouldn't have happened, I probably would have been distraught. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the fact that Egwene was, like, that so much of Egwene was a major spoiler mm-hmm. uh, uh why can't I think I was spoiled on major events of Egwene's trajectory yeah same pretty early on so mm-hmm. not super early on but still that has a lot to do with it yeah so I get that I think the last thing that I wanted to say and this is just just a silly little thing I like when, a silly little thing. Tell okay. me. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's silly. Maybe it's I don't know. Um, when Nynaeve is comforting Elaine and Egwene and she's like, someday we'll make them pay the price that we've paid or something like that. And I'm like, but they've all, they've all gone through the rings because they had to be accepted first. And then they <laughs> went through another testing, very similar. So uh. haven't they already paid yeah <laughs> what? I, what? I just i can't even get past it i'm like that makes no sense they already maybe have she's, maybe she's talking about like the no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah you almost had i mean seriously i'm just like uh huh I think that that is one of the things though, that changes about Nynaeve later on that I do appreciate. Like right now, she's all like vengeance and anger and oh my god, my village. Like, and then she kind of mellows out. And I mean, she definitely has her moments of ragey rageness that are like appropriate and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like this, this like hating 
Ice die, like I'm so glad that that ends. It's just so like I understand it, and at the same time, it bothers me because it's what she's working so hard to become, so she can somehow undermine them. I don't get it. Well, I, get it. I mean, <laughs> I would say that I don't know. It's it's just like a I don't know. It's like a I guess in Egwene's case, she wants to become Aes Sedai so she can protect herself. And Mm -hmm. I don't see it that much differently. I -hmm. mean, Nynaeve feels wronged. Like she's, there's, like there's been some injustice done to her. And for her to get the strength and become the channeler and learn the things, Mm -hmm. she can protect herself via revenge or whatever so i don't i mean i don't really see of it as too big of a difference from Egwene in that aspect but yeah it is kind of like yeah it is what you're saying also so it can be both things yeah i (laughs) I love her like it's not it's not a dig at her it's just one of those things where it's like but but they oh they already did (laughs) they already went through that shit they know I mean and Shiriam says it like in both the testing for Nynaeve and the testing for Egwene she's like I haven't ever seen a woman not weep when she comes out of there (laughs) like uh, it's, it's not like they're like, this is going to be the time of your life. And if it's not, that's your fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I do have to wonder how much of that is like what they experience inside the arches is influenced by almost by like what's being said around them at the time, like the ritual sayings that they're facing their fears, like, the mind frame that you would have walking into those towers would probably be so, or archways would probably be so much different if they had been like, so you're going to go in and there's going to be a really nice peaceful garden and you're just going to chill out and relax and there'll be butterflies. Like if you walked into the arches with that mind frame, would it be different? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think part of the fear is not knowing what's mm-hmm. awaiting you at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think for me personally, like trying something new is always a little bit like, eh, I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. it's scary. Mm-hmm. So would they try and make it any easier on them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, by, oh, I doubt it. <laughs> you know, by saying, like, it's going to be awful, it's going to be terrible, mm-hmm. might be better than being like, it's going to be nice. It's going to be fine. It's going to be, be fine. fine. By the way, <laughs> sometimes women don't come back, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Oh, Should yeah. we just leave it there? Should that be our wrap-up? <laughs> it's fine. We're leaving it there. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see when we have our party. It's going to be so It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be the best Beltine ever. <laughs> It'll be fine. Amazing. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.